Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Oh, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It might be a little too cheery for our topic today, but, um, you know, you might have heard last year we did a whole episode on what uh, was really kind of a big wave during 2022 called quiet quitting. Well, have you heard about quiet firing? (laughs) What's next? (laughs) What's next? I love it. Uh, We were. I think uh, we got to figure that out, right? We got to be on top of that, too. But quiet firing. All right. And so the way this actually comes out of a Gallup article, I'll post it in our episode description. But uh, what it essentially is saying is this is what managers do um, if there's certain people that you're wanting to maybe uh, free up their future. (laughs) So what they define this as is essentially you you fail to adequately provide coaching, support, career development to an employee, which results in pushing the employee out of an organization. Um, And I I don't know. I kind of I I didn't quite appreciate or even like the definition as I read it there. Well, I think we have to consider, though, that um, what I got from this article that, um, yes, we do that often as a means to um, get somebody on what I'm going to call an exit strategy, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A poor performer, um, somebody who has no potential, uh, poor performer who, you know, isn't doing the job and they need to go. But we all know that sometimes um, HR policies, we have to make sure that those T's are crossed, those I's are dotted. And sometimes it feels like it's, it takes a, a declaration, I don't know, from the president to be able to remove somebody from the organization. Um, and so I, I know, personally know a lot of leaders, a lot of managers who, especially in high turnover type of positions, who um, are hiring people that are very poor performers. And it's a way for them to trim the tree. It's a way for them to, um, you know, remove people from the organization and do it in a way where they're not going to have all the liability, you know, that comes from just telling somebody you're fired without having your your ducks in a row, so mm. to speak. But I, what I got from this from this article is that, you know, there's a lot of managers and, and leaders out there that um, it's not necessarily uh, quiet firing people they intentionally want to get rid of, but they're just not doing anything. Right. Um, they're absent leaders. They're leaders that aren't coaching, that aren't providing opportunities for learning or, um, you know, opportunities for growth at, at any way. So that's just, you know, so I don't think that they're actively seeking to get rid of people here in this sense, but I think that they're just not doing their jobs. They're distracted by other things or um, not wanting to do their jobs. And so people are just going to I absolutely agree. I think it's a, a passive approach to leadership. Yeah. And it it doesn't say that this person that they're failing to adequately provide coaching, support and career development to is even a poor performer. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. notice that it just says, you know, an employee, which then 
creates a situation where the employee is like, nobody cares about me here. Why, right. why do I do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Why do I get up every day and come in here? Yeah. When when I don't even get noticed. Exactly. I'm, I'm not getting any kind of development. I'm not getting any kind of recognition. Yeah. You know, and it makes sense for Gallup to put this out because, you know, they have a book called It's the Manager. Mm-hmm. And I just love the title um, because I'm all about like, self-responsibility and ownership and you know me nobody's gonna tell me what to do i'll tell me what to do um kind of thing but you know so this really takes a look at if you've got people that are leaving the organization you know whatever uh performance um they fit into you know why what are what take a look at yourself Mm Right. That's what this Isn't is saying. interesting. We always have a uh, when things are not going so well, we have a tendency to immediately look around at other people than taking a look at ourselves first. You know, that's what I always loved about that. Stephen Covey, he's always an inside out approach person. Right. Mm-hmm. You always take a look at yourself first mm-hmm. before you start, you know, assigning blame and um, looking outward. So I think that's important. Yeah, this is this is. Yeah, you're right. Just somebody that's not doing their job. Yeah. And so, so see, I'm, I'm curious then. I, I'm hearing two different things here. For, you know, I, I want to say that there are some times where there are some, there's intentionality, right? You said mm-hmm. that, Dewey, where mm-hmm. maybe you are being a little bit uh, more discreet in your actions of trying to free up somebody's future because that is a poor performer. And then I'm hearing here that in terms of this and through Gallup's article, it does say, um, you know, well-intentioned people who are absent managers. And so that's also kind of their terminology of, of quiet firing. But I can see it both directions because I I do see where again if you're being a little bit more discreet in your actions and trying to move somebody out of an organization um, you're not doing any of these things intentionally right because you don't want to invest the time or the energy in them Um, but you're right in the sense that I can also see the passive um, yeah and if you think about the the good bosses that you've had in your lifetime um, uh, and maybe even some of the poor ones I bet most of the poor ones didn't do the things that they're talking about in this article they didn't coach you they didn't support you they didn't give you meaningful feedback Um, Um, You know, they weren't there for you. Uh, Probably the good bosses are the ones that paid attention to Mm -hmm. you, right? They paid attention to your needs. They were offering feedback to you, helping you, assisting you, supporting you. Um, And those are the ones that you probably remember as those good bosses. Right. Yeah. Well, what's so in your all's mind when you think about this, I guess, what are the the ramifications on the organization? If you're you know, if you got leaders in your organization who are participating in this quiet firing, whether one direction or the other, um, what are the ramifications? Well, turnover, churn um, of employees. I mean, you're just going to have a never ending um, you know, turnover of employees as they look for other opportunities where they're going to get those needs met by other organizations, by other good leaders. Um, so that's yeah. what I immediately think of. Probably poor quality right. as well. Everything's going to go down to the least mm-hmm. possible denominator, meaning you're going to lose good people, Yeah. right? Um, and, and the ones that aren't performing are going to stay because they know they're not going to get this luxury anywhere else, right? So that quit and stay approach. So qu- quiet firing or, you know, just absent leadership, I think, tears down morale and creates a climate that high performing um, people don't want to be in. Yep. Mediocre performance at best, probably. Yep. Mm -hmm. Check the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you motivate a manager who 
I know you get this question a lot. How do you motivate somebody? I know. But uh, <laughs> she saw I the glares. I know. We're like, what? We, we don't say that. You've asked us that question many times. I know. You know the response to that. Yeah. I, I just think about like, I okay, so from say you have, um, in our case, you know, our vice chancellor's office and they're seeing where we have this, you know, middle manager now who is partaking in this quiet firing. How do you address that as the CEO or the leader of the organization with that middle manager? Well, I think it's just like, I don't think it really matters where you are in the organization. The boss needs to take responsibility and have a conversation with these people. Hmm. Um, that's what needs to take place. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to raise the awareness. I mean, there's two reasons why this manager might not be doing anything. One is they don't know how to do it. You know, they don't have the, the skills. They haven't had the training, you know, to help them know what good leadership looks like. And, and so they don't know how to do it or, you know, they just they don't want to. Right. Right. They're, so you got to raise their awareness to it. You know what's going on, what it looks like, um, just like you would give anybody effective feedback. Right. You know what? Uh, be objective, you know, um, but that would um, cause that person's leader to have potentially difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Set an expectation, coach them on it. Um, you know, that's, that would be my solution to that. Yeah. Well, what's, what comes to mind with this a little bit too, because a lot of what we're talking about, I think that even some, sometimes absent managers can still care very deeply about their people, but not, just not know how to apply those interpersonal skills or, you know, because maybe, and we talk about this in some of our, super, like our supervisory certificate series, this idea that maybe you got promoted into that position because you were really good at the technical stuff. And yet maybe you're lacking in some of the, those relationships and understanding the people portion of it. That's a really... That that's hard to train on, right? The technical well, skills are super easy to train on, yeah, but it is. But it's it's not to say that those aren't trainable, it, right? You know, it's that's you know, going back to what Ray said, it's either they don't know how, and that's a how issue, mm -hmm. right? I might not have the skills to be able to approach you interpersonally, to um, sit down and have that conversation that needs to take place. So that's a how issue. So it's either how or they don't want to. So. Um, you know, figure it out which one it is, but um, <laughs> conversation needs to take place regardless. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when we when we do talk about it in our our supervisory series, you know, and, and anything, you know, beyond that, you give them the skills, you mm -hmm. know, you, you ask them to set expectations and then, you know, how, how do you go about disseminating those expectations? How do you then follow up with effective feedbacks? How often are you having those meaningful conversations? conversations and let's qualify the word meaningful, mm -hmm. um, you know, so teaching them that these are some actual practical steps that you can take to be a more engaged manager, but it, it just starts with one action, mm -hmm. right? You know, so even if that, that manager that we've identified under the umbrella of a quiet firing because they're absent, you know, if they can just do one thing and here's, here's the thing. What's that manager's manager doing? Right? Because a lot of times that modeling of good leadership is 
more important than sitting down and having a training session with this person, mm-hmm. you know, or a coaching session. But how are you leading as the manager of this manager who's quietly firing people? Um, you know, and just and again, goes back to Gallup's book. It's the manager. It mm-hmm. is. It comes down to the manager. Yeah. You know, and I do think that there are some mistakes, you know, that um, uh, I, I think that some leaders make um, and they might not realize that by making these mistakes, they are kind of creating this culture of quiet firing, if you will, uh, using the term that Gallup uses. But one is that, you know, they don't they don't discuss where this employee is at in relation to their goals. Right. So they don't provide feedback to this person. They don't let them know how close they are to the goals or or how far apart they are from the goals. And so, um, you know, what does that goal progress look like? You know, offering them feedback and having meaningful conversations with them about on a pretty regular basis about where they're at with their work. Absolutely. That's that's number one to me. And I and I think that happens in, you know, positive um, settings or settings that need improvement. I think, you know, you create that cadence of accountability. And, you know, I mean, Dewey and I have a a standing meeting every other Monday. You, Brianna and I have a standing meeting. And so it's not just like, oh, I only come to you when I need to redirect your your actions or your behavior or performances Mm -hmm. is struggling. Um, But you create that. Oh, you know, I've I've got access to my boss. We're going to have a conversation, even if it's just about what's going on in their world right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and and have a few good questions in your toolbox that you can pull out just to start creating that open dialogue. And then when the hour's up or 45 minutes or whatever, you know, it's like, hey, great. Well, and I think one of the the points, and even Gallup uh, mentions this in that article, is we maybe lost focus a little bit of goals when the pandemic hit, you know, because we were we were wanting to take care of, of people. And that made perfect sense, you know, but here we are now almost three years. Can you all believe it? Three years post, you know, pandemic, I guess. And and just recognizing that that, that reset probably, if it hasn't happened already, needs to happen. And what better time to start than the beginning of a year? year um start making those new expectations and start planning some of how some of those feedback sessions and things are going to go but it's a regular it's a regular approach to it you know you can't just do it one day right um because you heard it on a podcast (laughs) Uh, you you gotta you gotta come back to this person on a very regular basis kind of as ray said create that cadence of accountability Mm -hmm. um so here you here's your goal here's how you stack up against it you know what's going well what's not going so well what can we do to to push you forward Okay. That's a, that's a coaching session. That's a feedback session. Cause I think, you know, uh, managers have jobs. Yeah. You know, we, we have to do our work. And so, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to think about your employees development. And I, I really, I, I say this kind of with, you know, a asterisk beside it because so many organizations mandate required training hours. Oh, I know. Don't you love that? Uh, oh. Uh, and of course, you know, I love to be told what to do, um, <laughs> you know, and by when and all of these things. But the idea that we we don't invest in our employees development other than like, oh, you're required to get 16 hours of supervisory training this right. this year, you know, because then what happens is, you know, we're in the 11th month and they just start cramming in all this training that was listed under supervision that they really have no interest in, as opposed to actively helping them. What do you want to develop about yourself? Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, even though, you know, maybe it's 
uh, take an example. Brianna was talking about learning a a new platform Hmm. for something. And I'm like, we don't use that. But just the excitement in her voice (laughs) about trying and learning something new because she's a learner, um, you know, in her top five. I don't you don't know. Okay, I was wondering if you led with that. Um, Just excite them about that. And then it's like, wow, my manager is invested in my Mm -hmm. development, even though he or she might not get immediate benefit from that investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. And I, I think what's interesting and some of the, the one of the statistic that the Gallup points out here is that only 37 percent of managers strongly agree that they invest in their employees development. But even fewer employees, 25 percent actually strongly agree that their manager invests in their professional development. So for me, that's saying, oh, well, no, I t- I'm taking care of my people. I'm giving them training. And but the people are like, no, you're not. You see that kind of thing <laughs> in a lot of different surveys, though. You know, there's a, a survey that's been done about employee motivation. And it's been done for years. And um, you see the same kind of thing where you ask the supervisors mm-hmm. or the leaders mm-hmm. what motivates your employees the most. They're going to say it's going to be pay uh-huh. when in fact that's ranks about the fifth to the seventh thing on the employees list. The number one thing that uh, motivates employees is a feeling of being in on things. And again, you're not going to feel like you're in on things if you're not having conversations with the boss. Yeah. So again, number one mistake is not having that um, uh, feedback, you know, not offering that feedback in those conversations with your employees. Yeah. Yeah. But I think number two is, is a good thing, too. It's about this idea of development, right? That you as a manager show that investment um, to your employees, um, you know, that that shows them you care. Yeah. Right. That you care not only about them as a human being, but also about the organization where the organization needs to go. Now, I'm, I'm with you, Ray. I think it's, you know, Brianna coming to us with wanting to learn something new that we don't even use. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that she's excited about that. I wish I could find something, though, where those two worlds collide. Oh, don't you worry about that. (laughs) Don't you even worry about that. Because that is probably a little bit more of an investment, right? I'd be a lot more willing to invest in something that um, would have not only benefit for her, but also benefit the team. Don't you worry about that. It'll come home. (laughs) I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Me Me either. I have no doubt. Well, and as we think about this, I think another space and in, in what I appreciate uh, when we talk about the individualized approach to development, there's also an individualized approach to recognition. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. when we think about this, this quiet firing, you know, uh, sometimes it's easy enough to just go around. Hey, oh, hey, you know, good job. And we've talked about this when we consider, f- you know, feedback or recognition before. But. You know, you really do have to know your people and know how they like to be recognized and and then do it. And I'm so grateful because I have two amazing leaders at this table who do that for me, you know. Have you ever worked with somebody who didn't do that, though? Because it is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like you go home and it's like, why bother? Yeah, yeah. Why bother getting up in the morning and go in? Why bother trying to put my best foot forward when nobody's going to notice it anyway? Um you know, so I, I think recognition, there's so much power in recognition. Um, it also, I think recognition tells the story, you know, for other people who get to witness that recognition, you know, of what the boss or what the leader is looking for. So it's a kind of what I would call not only a benefit the person who receives it because, you know, they get the accolades, but everybody else who gets to witness it, it's a it's a teachable moment for them. You know, so uh, again, managers that withhold that kind of recognition are, are not doing their whole team um, any good, I don't think. 
Right. And is that number two or number three? I think that's number three. Yeah. Yeah. On what employees said motivates them the most is. Oh, yeah. Oh, on that On that one. Yeah. I think that was number two then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we started talking about, you know, quiet firing and learning how your people like to be recognized um, is important. And to me, that recognition is it's just as important. You know, yes, water the seeds you want to see grown. But I also think it's just as important for these managers to make sure that they're um, heading off behaviors that they don't want, you know, the weeds in the garden. Um, and, but again, I know how you like to receive feedback. So I need to recognize, Hey, I see that you're struggling in this area. What can we do to maybe turn that around or head that off? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it might be an ability question and it might be, you know, a willingness question, mm-hmm. but either way as an effective manager, you're going to have more of a chance of, you know, getting and, the right prescription. Right. Right. And I think the other thing that, that leaders can do here is to, um, transform that recognition even further down the chain of command. So instead of just the leader being the one to recognize the people, you know, what are they doing to set the example for of for their teammates to recognize each other, you yeah. know, kind of create that culture of recognition. Um, you know, you can walk into an organization who's really good at that and spot that a mile away. And then you, you walk into another organization and you can say, oh, they don't get recognized around here at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so um yeah, I think creating that culture of recognition. Is and honestly, it can be so simple. Like one mm-hmm. of the things we started doing a couple of years ago, especially when, well, this was when we started going virtual and we were really needing to be very, very intentional at asking these kinds of questions. But two things we put on our staff meeting agendas, the first two things, the best of. Mm-hmm. So we ask everybody, you know, what what's the best of your week, your month, you know, last hour, whatever it is, best of. And then um, high fives. Mm-hmm. And so we just casually and formally, you know, whoever I want to give a high five to this week for whatever. And, you know, it just kind of is contagious, you know, but I, 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 I know we use that with discretion, you know, I, we're not, what I love about that. Yeah. We're not saying, Oh, you breathe. Yay. (laughs) Recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think that can also promote, um, you know, low standards. Exactly. You know, so if, if the high performers are being recognized at the same level and rate as the low performers, I think that's when you start, those people start checking out. Right. So back to quiet firing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll tell you what else I actually appreciate that to uh, kind of think about back up the chain of command is through that opportunity, through the high fives and just generally speaking, uh, I think we often, as a, me as a frontline employee um, and others out there, forget that recognition goes both ways. So it shouldn't just be, mm-hmm. you know, the the leaders providing attaboys every week. Like I think we need as frontline employees to also send that right back up the chain of command. Um, and so that's one thing with those high fives. It's great because I mean, I, I do, I get the opportunity to, you know, give high fives to both of you. And it, it makes my day, you know, it does. So, um, you know, why wouldn't we as leaders want to do that for the people that we're leading? Yeah. 
And so let's transition a little bit. Let's say, you know, we're going to go back to that first kind of initial definition where I've seen two parts to this idea of quiet firing. You know, we were discussing how in this case, we've been talking a lot over the last 20 minutes about the kind of the passive approach to leadership. But what if you have that leader who really has been doing all the things we just mentioned, um, but now we really have this performer who is going to be that case where we do need to kind of discreetly get them out of the workplace. Um how difficult is it to, to make that tough decision or to have that hard conversation? Uh, I talk about this in training quite a bit, and I call it your return on your investment decision. Because whether you like it or not, um, I know we're dealing with human beings, but your human resources are probably your most expensive resource um, as a company, as a business. Um, are you getting that return on your investment? So uh, folks like me, who are like you, Brianna, that blue personality from True Colors, mm-hmm. right? Um, it takes me a long time to make that decision about, am I getting my return on my investment? I'm going to probably be the type of leader that's going to, oh, we're going to work with you and work with you and work with you and work with you to try to get you up to par where you need to be. Now, Ray. <laughs> you should see the face she's making right now. personality <laughs> style that I am. Um, she probably can make that determination of her return on investment pretty quickly, pretty easily. Um, But the thing I want us to kind of think about is um, when somebody's performance is really affecting the team, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a big, that's a big problem. Um, And so that's often where for me personally, where I kind of make that return on my investment decision. Um, And of course it all depends again on, you know, what the infraction is. There are some things that I think people need to be immediately dismissed for. Um, you know, uh, whether it's their behavior, or their performance, but other things, you know, I'm going to try to see what I can do. Now, we've got all kinds of employment law here that we have to work through as well. And that's what makes this process come somewhat difficult, too. I don't think people realize that, you know, when you become a supervisor, you become a manager, you take on liability personally mm-hmm. in a court of law. Um, so you could be held responsible for how you're treating people and, and the things that you're doing. So, um, you know, that's why we want to want to make sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted in this these kinds of situations, because it is it does have some liability towards you and the organization when we are not appropriately removing people from the organization. Get your HR involved. Yes. You know, and, and things that that and, I, you know, of course, they'll all tell you, have you been documenting? Yeah. You know, have you been documenting? Um, and what's also not helpful to getting an employee on a progressive discipline track, well, getting them on, it's not that hard, but finally freeing up their future is, you know, their last performance evaluation. They were four out of fives, you know, and and you're just like. And I get the rationale. Manager's like, well, if I, you know, boost them up a little bit, then I'm going to get more out of them. And I'm like, they're showing you who they are. Why don't you believe them? Um, And then that person gets, you know, shifted to another department and, you know, like, oh, yeah, you want you want to take Ray? She's great. You know, and then it's all said, like, now you've created, you know, uh, cross functional uh, riff. But, you know, really being honest and and I kind of want to back up because it's not easy you know we joke and say ray could just you know fire somebody yeah, today but when you're missing 67 percent of your days that's just logic right there mm-hmm. that you know you you can't make up for 67 percent absenteeism right 
considering all the other things that are being done to help with this person's performance. So, you know, when the writing's on the wall, that's probably where it gets a little bit easier for me to, and we, we tag team. I mean, you know, Dewey, Dewey's the boss, but I'll write the letter, you know? Yeah. Well, and so what I I hear through all this is it really shouldn't be, I mean, if we're to that point with an employee, it shouldn't be quiet, you know, like this this should be a very overt, like, those are not examples of quiet firing. And what I'll say is you bring up a very good point. Somebody's performance should never, ever be a surprise to them. Yeah. Um, If it is, that just tells me that the leader, the manager is not doing their job. Or it was so egregious. Or it was like I can't believe I got caught. You know, then it might be surprising. But you're right. People's people should always know how their how their leader looks at them, evaluates them on Mm. their performance. That should never be a surprise to people. Yeah, I can only see how that that element, if you aren't open and transparent with that, that element of the quiet quitting and kind of discreetly pushing somebody out. I mean, your your team members on your the other people on your team are going to see that and, and be wondering, like, well, why aren't they doing anything? You know, so you're only you're only messing up morale even more if you aren't just overtly kind of taking some of those bad behavioral decisions head on, having those tough conversations immediately. Yep. So, well, I don't know. Final thought? Well, I don't think it does, uh, you know, I, I certainly can see a need for it once in a while, but I, uh, in general, I don't think that um, um, leaders need to be doing this. They just need to be upfront. They need to be honest with the feedback that they're giving their employees um, and bring this all out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Provide those opportunities for in, in improvement as well. I, yeah. And I think, you know, for there has been a lot of influx of new supervisors into the mm-hmm. work pool because of the quiet quitting right that happened right. and all of this self-discovery and, you know, people moving on. And um, so we've worked with a lot of people like we have a handful of new supervisors who just started here six months ago and mm-hmm. now they're, you know, managing the job they've done for six months. So I think, you know, really investing in those managers to give them those skills Mm -hmm. as they start their journey into management Mm -hmm. so that they will see success as a manager. Um, You know, and of course, coaching does that, you know, individual coaching. And I love it when I get a call from a company that says, we want to invest in this person. Mm-hmm. We want to keep them. They're in the pipeline, you know, so we're, we want to, we want to prepare them. And I just, I love that when companies do that. It's so much more proactive because usually the phone call you get is we've got an employee problem and we're going to send it your way. We yeah. want you to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, by that time it's probably, you know, not necessarily going to go over so well. Right. That person's probably going to quiet quit. <laughs> anyway. Well, and, and why? Why hasn't you know? It's usually it's one person too. Yeah, yeah. So let's bring the whole department in. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm like, just have a 20 minute conversation with this person, and then monitor their <laughs> performance. I'm just like, ah, there now, pay me five thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> we won't complain about that, but yeah, I yeah, wish. Yeah. And here's you know, it is. And I love what we're ending on here. This idea of, you know, in, invest in your people. You know, we don't want people, you know, the quiet firing idea, like, I think really ultimately, and I'm not just saying that because we're a training company. I'm saying that because you take care of your people and your people will take care of the work. You know, we say that all the time here. So with that, 
I just want to say thank you all for the uh, the great discussion on this. Again, I'll post that Gallup article in the episode description. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? You take a look at that. Uh, let us know what you're thinking and whether it's related to quiet quitting or quiet firing or whatever the next new quiet thing is going to be. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I wish you all well in that. And again, email us mti at missouri.edu. And until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.